Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. And Steve, I uh, I splurged and bought us a second microphone. I know. <laughs> I'm looking over at you and I'm thinking how I feel like we're really legit now. We each have our own. We It's... It's a little less romantic than sharing one microphone, <laughs> but it does make me feel a little bit more legit for us to have each our own microphone. Yeah, I kind—I still like. I want to talk into yours so I can be close <laughs> to you anyway. <laughs> there was something to like leaning into like, wherever because we had it closer to you. I would lean in and, and say something into your mic into the microphone. Just feeling so, like your hot breath on the side of my face. I just, I'm gonna miss that. But I guess I don't know it. I mean. It wasn't, it's not like I spent a ton of money. It was like 25 bucks on Amazon. I think it's time we're a few episodes in. It's time to sound a little better, I guess, each our own microphone. Broke like 1,200 listens. I know, right? Or downloads. We still want to do that voice memo only episode. Um, We haven't gotten any yet, but I I have a feeling they're going to start trickling in. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be just like a whole flood of voice memos. Yeah. So today we're doing a special uh, recording with uh, Jason Shields. Jason's been uh, working with us. He's one of the first people that reached out, but his schedule wouldn't let us do it on a Sunday night. So we've tried figuring it out. And so here we are on a Thursday and we might have to make this like a new normal thing. Yeah. I don't want to overwhelm people with releasing tons of episodes. But if someone wants to be on and it's like, oh, you know what? But Sunday nights don't work for me. Let us know and we'll 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 figure something out. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with Jason. And I'm glad that we were able to make it work. We've been really working on this for a few weeks. He, he kept reaching out to us. We kept responding back to him and now we're making it work. But he wanted to. And uh, I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited to hear what, what he's learned, how he's changed. See uh who he is now. Yeah, well, let's let's give it a go. All right, here's our conversation with Jason. Jason, I'm so happy we this is a special this is a special recording. We usually it's a it's a Thursday night record because of your uh your work schedule. I'm glad we could make it work and we get to talk to you. Yeah, guys, I I really appreciate you working around that schedule of mine. It, it, I'm excited to be on. Well, we're excited to have you and I am happy to see you. I mean, you and I, we weren't like super close friends, but I'd say we were friends in high school. I think I came over to your house a couple times. We hung out a few times and it's really good to see you. You as well, man. And I think I even lived by Steve for the first, you know, like ninth grade, a little bit into 10th grade and whatnot. And you just did. like down the street from him. So like a few houses down. Yeah. It now here crazy. we are all grown up. <laughs> you have, you've got your sweet beard and I've got my sad beard and <laughs> but catch us up That's a little okay. bit. What have you been up to the last few years? What's what's happened to you since high school? Oh my gosh, man. So out of high school and through high school, I think all I did was work. Um, you know, I worked at McDonald's on and off for about 10 years. Um, most of that was part-time while I was doing other jobs, mainly sports authority. Um, I ended up being a manager there pretty quick for a few years and left their company after they kind of started going downhill a little bit. And then I went and did um, kind of a call center type job because I didn't want any responsibility and um, worked in a lending department for about a year and a half, which is where I went, met my lovely wife. 
And then that wasn't for me. And I knew it wasn't. I was like, there's no way in the world I can just sit on my butt for eight hours a day plus doing this type of work. So I ended up going, getting my way paid through uh, tech school to become a heating and air conditioning technician. Did that for five years. Got bored of that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm currently four years into my law enforcement career. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. What made you think, like, I want to, like, from HVAC technicians, like, I'm going to try to do police work? So it's interesting you ask that because it never even, like, came to my mind until pretty much the last, like, six months of my heating and air conditioning career. I'm obsessed with dogs. Like, dogs are probably one of my biggest passions and hobbies that I've had in life. I love training them. I love working with them. And um, I started when I started getting really frustrated with my heating and air conditioning career, I started just like researching different types of jobs that I can have that actually have the ability to work with the dog one day. Police officer was one of the ones that kind of just kept hitting on that. And I'm like, yeah, why not? I get to serve my community as well as one day possibly be a canine officer. So here I am. Oh, that's cool. And you're liking it? I, I love it. I love every minute of it, man. So out in Davis County, I both live and work for Centerville. So, all right, but let's so let's go back and tell us tell us about your who you were as a teenager. Oh my gosh, man! I don't even think I said maybe a dozen words to most people as a teenager. So I feel like I was like one of the quietest people I ever knew. Well, like I yeah, even now I'm still pretty quiet. But gosh, getting me to talk to people back then, I'm sure it was a real chore. I was just shy and quiet. I didn't know how to interact with people. I mean, I grew up, I probably went to, I don't know, eight plus different elementary schools, moved about once a year, if not a little bit more, uh, just because it was hard for my mom to stay in any one place. And then got to high school and I lucked out being able to go to Jordan all three years. But other than that, man, I I just moved and went to school and didn't know people and moved and went to school. And so I I didn't come out of my shell until probably mid-20s well early 20s, I guess, when I was required to as a manager of Sports Authority. Because even before then, I'm like, I didn't have friends. All I did was work. Do you think the moving so much is why you were, were really shy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was just kind of – I never knew – what it was like to have like a consistent friend you know what I mean like I was listening to a couple of these previous podcasts and people are like yeah I knew people from like elementary school I knew people from you know growing all the way through that and I'm like wow that would be so weird nowadays right I talked to my wife and she's got friends from first grade you know and I'm like holy crap (laughs) (laughs) so and I'm like how would that be but it's fine you know but I definitely think the moving and just family life prevented me from being comfortable talking to people yeah were you always moving around utah like in the salt lake area most of it so i lived everywhere between ogden and draper um in utah and then there was like nine months in one of my elementary school years that we moved to nevada just outside of las vegas where my mom i don't know if she met her second husband there or if that was just kind of where they moved for a little while, but then we moved back to Utah. So. What's your relationship with your dad like? Oh, man, it depends on the year, I guess. It'll usually be, so it's probably been six months since I've talked to him. 
and that's usually a really short amount of time. So it can, I've gone years without talking to him. He's just, he's had multiple different families, multiple different marriages. Um, ever since I was about six years old, he really wasn't a big part of my life, if a part of my life, most of it. But yeah, so he wasn't around really ever. And then same with my mom, second husband. You know, they had a kid together, so I have my awesome little half-sister. But other than that, that was about what life was. So when they had, like, different families, did you know a lot of, like, I guess the with the step-siblings? Do you stay in touch with many of them? None of them. None of them. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't say that I even know. So I, th- I guess my dad's second wife, they had five, not together, but there were five kids that she had. Um, and I guess for the seven or so years that they were together, we kind of knew him when he put forth the effort to reach out to his kids and actually try and communicate with us at that point. But after that, I think he married most of the most people without kids. So how else would you describe yourself as a kid, as a teenager? I would probably say lazy when it came to schoolwork, but, um, up until my senior year, man, I, I remember being in like resource classes. Because I was doing so horrible in school, like I pretty much, I'm pretty sure I fell through all of ninth grade, other than like math and gym. If I didn't fail every other class, I'd be surprised to look back at those report cards. But you know, junior senior year, I stepped it up. I was able to graduate, no problem. You know, went to summer school to take care of all the stupid stuff I didn't do when I was going through school. But and then I ended up working ever since I was 16 as many hours as I can pull because my mom wasn't really ever able to afford life um, on her own because she was a single mom most of it. So still to this day, she doesn't remember it, she says. But I basically, since I was 16, I was helping cover bills, food, stuff like that for my mom. So Yeah, and it must have been hard also feeling that responsibility of being the men of the house too and like feeling like you need to work, you need to help out around the house. Right. Yeah, I was, I mean, the oldest son, right? So, I mean, it was definitely a responsibility. She, whether she wanted to or not, she definitely put that on my shoulders. All right, so what's changed? How are you, how do you describe yourself today? I'd still say quiet to most people outside of a work setting. I feel like I'm pretty good at being able to communicate nowadays, still work really hard. I mean, I feel like other than family stuff, that's still all I do, but that's okay because I enjoy it. Back when I did sports authority stuff, I mean, I averaged between 60 and 75 hours a week. Dang. You know, I mean, I just, that's all I did was work. Got into, you know, trouble with debt and whatnot, which luckily now I have none. So that's kind of cool. I was like, I never thought I'd get to this point in life. So it's really weird. Congrats. Like owning a house and not having any of that. And it's, it's unique for me, for sure. But it's um, unique for a lot of people. So yeah. kudos to you. Other than a house, I guess I can't say no debt, but I I do own a house that we're paying on. But other than that, nothing. It's kind of cool. But yeah, just I, I like to work hard. I have two beautiful boys. Um, one's six years old and one's two. And I tell you, man, they give me a run for my money every day. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of energy on those two kids. So that's that's basically what I am. You know, a, a dad and a husband, and hopefully a decent servant to my community that I work around so you are actually one of the people that reached out first as well and we've been trying to just make it work schedule wise so you 
as a kid, you were more quiet, kind of shy. Um, as an adult, you're saying I'm you're still you know fairly quiet. You know, you're not reaching out and but you reached out to us. What was it that what was it that made you want to come on and just share? Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I don't know what it was that I was. I mean, because you're right. Like as soon as I saw that first podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can't believe people are doing this. Like, I want to know about, you know, these people that I don't know anything about, you know, and kind of get some small amounts of life experience and whatnot. And I love what you guys are doing with this, but I don't know why I, re- like, had the, I wouldn't say guts, but just the drive to reach out to you guys. Because I've, I've been in pretty constant communication with you guys, trying to make, you know, our schedules drive a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And right away, I think we posted the first episode and you're like, this is cool. Like if you guys yeah. need other people to do it, like yeah. I'm here. So, yeah. so you just kind of had a feeling just like uh, you want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I, I'm still shy when it comes to outside of work stuff like that. So it's kind of weird that like on a personal level, I wanted to reach out even telling my wife, I'm like, by the way, I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I said that to her yesterday. She just kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> What, what about? And I told her, and she's like, that's weird. And then she just dropped it. <laughs> but it's a chance for, <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's also a chance for, you know, if the people didn't know you as well, like you were really quiet, but it's a chance for like now 20 years later for the people of our class to know who you were and know who you are now in a way that, I, I don't know, that's, I think that's kind of cool. I do too. Yeah. I think that's been the draw. I think that's what's made this unique is everybody's different, but everyone has these experiences. Like you've got this wide, very, this wide variety of experiences over the last, you know, since you were 16, almost 20 years of different jobs you've worked, different skills you've obtained, different different things that you can share. And now, I, I just love that you looked up what jobs can I have where I can work with a dog and now you're a cop. That is cool. Right? I just yeah. love that that's how yeah. it worked out, and it's awesome. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that I'm a canine officer already? Oh, like no, Like, four no. years into my career, I'm already a canine officer at that. So, Which, it's it's a very, very competitive position. I don't know how I lucked, well, I do, but I lucked out being able to pick up a canine already, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Before you go about what you've learned, do you have any yeah. McDonald's horror stories? Dude, you know what? The McDonald's, I don't know if it was just the McDonald's that I worked at, but no, I don't. Like, Which one did you work at? It was the one on, like, the one on 94th and 7th. Oh, 94th and 7th. 94th yeah. and 7th. Oh, that, so, yeah, my brother worked at that one for a little bit. So I worked oh, okay. at, um, for like a year, I worked at the one on 4500 South and oh, just yeah. right off the freeway. Yep. And, man, do I have horror stories <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so maybe that. it's depends on location because <laughs> if like maybe your location all you guys were squeaky clean but man I've seen some stuff <laughs> yeah I think a lot of it was more the owner he didn't really let a lot slide he was probably from the age of 16 if I was to look back um, other than my lacrosse coaches he was probably like the one male role model that I feel like I had kind of helping push me in a a decent direction in life and not just who knows where I would have been kind of without a couple of these people around. So mm-hmm. cool. Well, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad yours wasn't 
McDonald's experience wasn't as bad as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I keep so. telling Bonnie, never, never eat there after 10 p.m. <laughs> ah, no kidding, right? So, yeah, no, I, yeah. So what lessons have you learned that have helped shape who you are today over the last 20 years? I think some of the biggest lessons I learned was probably when I worked at the jail for a couple of years. Um, I was a, a corrections officer there, and a lot of what I learned was, you know, even though people make bad decisions, it really doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. And on the vice versa of that, right? Like, there's a lot of people that have a pretty good facade in life and they do really evil things you know and so it's you can't and i guess at the end of that you can't judge a book by its cover you really can't um there were some pretty hardcore gang members in regards to like they're in the federal system their state system stuff like that some of the most respectful nicest human beings i've ever met and then on the flip side of that you know i mean you have people that were pretty big in the community you know church leaders, stuff like that, that did some pretty heinous stuff, and they were, like, the worst to you whenever it came to just, like, your general everyday activities in the jail. Hmm. So it was it was a unique experience for a couple of years, kind of getting that out of it, yeah. But uh, other than that, I think I learned that being quiet is actually okay, and I like it. <laughs> so. Well, it kind of gives you a chance to listen, right? Yes, Absolutely. Knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give to yourself back when you were 16? That it's okay to make friends even if they don't last the entirety of the rest of your life. Like, I feel like even now, you know, I mean, I have maybe one or two friends that I've had for about six years. And they're some of the closest people I have in my life. But it would have been kind of nice to maybe open up a little bit when I was younger and... You know, even not staying in constant contact, having those acquaintances that I could still reach out to and connect with, I guess, on a level. Because, like you guys said, I literally haven't talked to anybody really since high school, other than an odds and end here and there. So, yeah, I think that that's going back to like the, just the connection. I think it's just interesting when you have things in common with people. It's easy to kind of be drawn to that, like, hey. Maybe like this thing with our class, it's like we don't talk to a lot of these different people, but we have a lot of people listening. And it's like, hey, I have something in common with that person. We all went to school together. And I think what's cool for what I'm hearing from you is that you moved so much, but how, how lucky you were to be able to spend those three years in high school just not having to jump around. Because I think even in, that, in the early adolescence, you're, you're learning yourself. But the fact that you were able to have stability at that time and also, you know, it's and it's hard to make friends. I mean, as an adult, I I have a hard time like have a hard time making friends. Like, if it's one of my daughter's friends, like I'll talk to the parents and things like that, and you know, the kids get together, or even at church, it's it, it's hard. The oh, the older I get, the harder it is to to make a new friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just saying it's hard. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, you know, looking back on it now, I really do believe that being able to have that three years of stability was hugely critical in my adult life. Even, you know, 
being able to, like you said, solidly go through school and just graduate. Like I, so I don't know how many people know this. I don't know how important it was, but I didn't walk. I literally like the day of graduation, I worked, but I have my diploma, you know, I passed my classes, I did everything I can, but I don't, I never went to, you know, the actual graduation ceremony and the big reason why. And I was, I didn't have money for it. So I didn't care. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'm just going to go to work. But still being able to graduate, still having that stability helps with the wanting that stability now. And then kind of like Gonzo was saying, like making friends is already super hard. Um, I kind of put, you know, in my younger adult life, I always thought that, you know, part of that was probably because I wasn't LDS. I didn't grow up LDS. Um, never went to church. If I did, I don't remember ever since I was probably early teens, um, you know, so I didn't have those outlets in life to be able to help out with that. But then now it's like, I tend to meet the people that I'm closest with at work. And that tends to be, you know, but you have a lot of similar things that you can usually find with people you work with, depending on your career. So has, has your experience, or I should say, how has your experience in your childhood influence the way that you're a parent to your sons i don't know so growing up i and still to this day i truly believe my dad just gave up he was a young dad my mom was a young mom my mom had me at i think 19 and a half 20 and my dad just bounced and i refused i refused to let my two little boys ever be without both of his parents and know that they both loved them both you know even if something happened between me and my wife it doesn't matter. I will absolutely 100% make sure that I will always be there for them. I think that's the number one thing my childhood probably gave me for them. And it's nice to give them a little bit of stability. Like I've moved once since I've had my six year old, but he doesn't remember like a whole lot of it. So, and now we're in hopefully our forever home here. We're not planning on moving anytime (laughs) ever. So, and, Hopefully, I mean, not planning on them having to work and help support the family either. So they'll have a whole different childhood than you did and, you know, stable and hope not have to worry about the same things that you were worrying about as a teenager, too. Absolutely. That is absolutely the goal. You know, I mean, at first when I met my wife and we talked about marriage and talked about kids, I was like, of course, they're going to work when they're teenagers. Like I worked all throughout, like gave me a work ethic. Why wouldn't they? And she was like so they can get their school work done <laughs> you know i'm looking at it now and i'm like okay yeah you're right or i mean it's good to like there's got there's a balance because you do want to teach them to work but also there's going to be few times that in their life that they're going to be able to like enjoy you know right. like the summer i was thinking bonnie and i were just talking and today is the last day of school for the kids and i was saying man that one feeling of the first day of summer and you're like, I have such a long time off of school and like, I'm just going to have fun every day. And then, you know, that feeling of this is going to be awesome. It's just like, I'm never, I don't know if I'll, maybe I'll experience that after I retire or something. <laughs> like no shirt summer 2003. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like, I was just talking to Bonnie and saying like, man, being a kid is like, could be so much fun. But you know, now you're you're a grown up, and you're you know we're grinding, and we're um, trying to like support our families, and it's 
the breaks that we have are few and far in between. So it's like you're they're not gonna have that, you know, once they're in as soon as they're nineteen or twenty or whatever, they're hardly ever gonna have that again in their lives. You know, um, so it's for me, it's like, oh, I kind of want to have, make those experiences available to my kids. Make them, I want to teach them to work because that's going to be something that it's going to be a lasting experience. So I like try to, if I'm cleaning, like try to grab them, like, hey, help me grab this one thing. And, um, you know, my kids are little enough that they want to at this point. They want to help, you know, they're like, what are you doing, dad? And I'm like, grab this thing and help me clean this thing. Or, you know, if I was painting in the basement and, just like give them brushes be like you hit that wall you do this and you know they were down there helping me for a couple hours so i want to teach them to work but i also want to give them the opportunity to have those fun times like have a good fun summer so yeah yeah i agree completely i think that you know there is a happy medium and for them to be able to have that choice of having that happy medium is huge yeah so i agree completely like play an instrument or you know things like that that you were just worrying about like i kind of got to help support my family in a bit like help my mom with cover some of these bills so i'm just gonna work but maybe they'll get to like you know you play lacrosse but they'll get to do sports more play an instrument you know what things like that yeah see and i didn't play sports i want to say until ninth grade when i started lacrosse and i already got my six-year-old in like karate for those yeah. reasons that you're saying, right? Like, I want him to learn respect. I want him to learn hard work. I want him to learn that it is okay to try and fail and succeed. Um, but it's nice to be able to provide that for him. So, besides uh, working with dogs and your in your canine canine police officer, what else? Are, what other passions have you discovered in the last twenty years? In the last 20 years, probably one of my favorite things that I picked up doing was I spent about two years learning Krav Maga. Back when I did heating and air conditioning, one of the guys that worked at our um, normal supply house that we went to almost on a daily basis, he had his, a little gym that he opened up and like did kind of on the side part time. And him and I, you know, I mean, we talked almost every single day at work. So he's just like, finally, he was like, why don't you just come out and try it? And I'm like, yeah, no. I'm not going to get in a big group of people with nobody I know. And he's like, you know me? And I'm like, fine, whatever, I'll try it. And I loved it. For And I, and I only did it for two years because I've just been too busy these last couple. But that was probably one of my favorite two years that I've spent learning, you know, a skill in regards to that. Now, for those that don't know what that is, what is that? <laughs> Um, so Krav Maga is a type of self-defense. So it's like the Israeli martial arts. It, I, it's, I guess it's just a style of learning how to fight. So nothing that'll ever get you through like a ring, like like on TV or anything like that. Because there's a lot of che- what people would probably consider cheating involved, right? Like eye gouging but, and like crotch kneeing and stuff like that. A lot of kneeing, a lot of you know crotch hitting, stuff like that. Absolutely. But hey, man, whatever I, works. <laughs> And when I was doing it, I was in the best shape of my life other than in high school because I was in relatively good, you know, physical condition in high school. But well, you other than that, in pretty good shape now. You're looking good. Uh, <laughs> I could lose about 25 pounds. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't look like it. Maybe it's that beard. <laughs> and from like the neck up, right? That's about all you guys got. Yeah. <laughs> 
what what brought your passion with dogs? I mean, so you say you're passionate about dogs. Like, what experiences have you had that made you just love dogs so much? Man, growing up, they're the only friends I really remember having for any length of time, especially like through my early, well, I guess late junior high and all throughout high school. I spent a lot of time with hanging out with just my family dogs. Just, I mean, and it's been my entire life that I've had dogs and been around them and enjoyed having them. But then shortly after high school, I ended up getting a bulldog, which like she was the best dog in the whole world. But she had some health issues. Like she ended up going, like getting seizures. So we put her on some medication for that. And then it completely changed her mental state to where she was like one of the most loving, caring dogs in the world to everybody. And then after we gave her this medication for probably only a couple of months, she was very possessive of me and my wife. We actually Mm -hmm. had her, I had the bulldog a couple probably about a year before the wife and it's always an ongoing joke but anyway um (laughs) but we spent a lot of time and a lot of money learning how to kind of help reverse you know her anger issues and her anxiety and stuff like that and just learning and working with her was some of the funnest stuff i've ever done in my whole life Hmm. so i took that knowledge and that love for you know, the dogs and the animals and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? I want to work with dogs. Like, why would I want to do anything else in life? And I've only been a canine officer for about six months. But I tell you what, man, it is the best thing in the world, career-wise. Like, absolute best thing in the world. I wish everyone so. could see your face right now. You were just, like, <laughs> beaming. And the canine officer goes home with you, right? Yeah, she does. She is basically part of our family, so... Yep, she she's upstairs sleeping with my little boy right now because she's allowed to, and um, she comes home with me. So I see her more than anybody else in my family. You know, she's my partner at work. She comes home and she hangs out with us here. Because I, I know the the canine officers have like strict rules too. Is it hard like to be at home and your kids? What do they want to treat her like? a pet a lot of the times but it's like isn't there like a, a different rules or things that you have to have with the canine officer so she's a little bit different so a lot of canines when people think canines they usually think shepherds malinois yeah you know that type of pointy or dog right i actually run a bloodhound oh yeah so she her strict only duty in life is to find people you know, whether it's a bad guy that's running from us, whether it's a lost kid. I went on a call a couple of weeks ago for a lady, you know, in her 50s that had dementia and was lost for 30 hours. You know, so we were able to go out and help try and find her. So I don't know if it's different or just because it's the policy at my department. But no, we're able to treat her kind of like the family. She gets spoiled. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit unique of a a job with her even in the canine world. So there's only like 10 of us in the state. Wow. That run a That's really cool. Do they like uh, reach out to your department like from different parts in the state to say like, hey, we need to do some like bloodhound type work? So I'm trying to think. So I'm actually her third handler. Um, and I know that the handler right before me was my lieutenant that has recently retired. So that's how I ended up being super lucky getting her. But he had gotten called out into the UNAs. He's gotten called 
you know, different counties, stuff like that. So the answer is yes, we do have that capability to be able to do that. But I haven't gotten called out any further than Salt Lake and Layton. And if you know, just kind of the general area of Centerville, it's between Farmington and Bountiful. So not too big of an area, but. Yeah. Something I see a lot, because I, I follow a lot of like dentist stuff. Root canals on dogs is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. They got these super long canine teeth, because sometimes they'll break their teeth and they can get abscesses yeah. just like we can. And that I've seen sense, these yeah. awesome, like a lot of, especially a lot of canine officers get like these sweet, root canals and then they'll have like these awesome gold fangs <laughs> for, their, for their crowns and uh that's pretty cool like when you're talking about the canine officers i'm just thinking of all these cool videos and pictures that i've seen like maybe one day your dog will be able to if your dog needs a root canal i'll try it if you want hey you know what if it ever comes down to that i'll hit you up for sure man yeah, so yeah, yeah. nice good <laughs> would you need a special like would you work in a different area <laughs> Nah. <laughs> it's all right. People love dogs. It'll be okay. Right. <laughs> Jason, so. do we have any beef? Dude, not that I'm aware of, do we? I don't I don't have any beef with you. <laughs> None. I was like, if we do, I am not aware of it at all. No, so. I have great memories of you actually being super friendly and, and really nice. And yeah, quiet, but you know, a, a really nice, cool guy. So Cool. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So. I, the same. I, I knew that we lived by each other, but we were never we were never close. I don't know why. It just didn't really happen. But yeah. But now, look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> right? Here we are all these years later. I'm loving it, man. Seriously. So. Well, thank you for reaching out to us and just and taking the time. It's really... I'm glad we were able to make it work schedule-wise to, to chat with you. And I've learned a lot. I think it's been really... A great conversation yeah thanks a lot jason and you know um keep listening and we'll keep in touch send us a voice memo if you think of a funny memory or something oh cool. thanks for being on jason it's good seeing you you guys as well you guys take care yeah okay, thanks for too. keeping our community safe yeah for sure i appreciate that as well hey, stay hey. safe out there good night have a good one night. steve we just got done talking to jason uh what are your thoughts? One of my favorite things about this is when we end, your face having that exact look on it, <laughs> looking at me about my thoughts. I thought that was great. I just, I loved, uh, there was a few things that really stood out to me that he moved a lot as a kid and so he was quiet and he was kind of shy. And I think that there's been a couple of other people that had similar type experiences yeah. where like, if you're going to be gone or meeting new people a lot, it's hard to get close, you know? And, um, and I think in his case, th that would make sense. And then also when he talked about how like his parents got remarried and there was other siblings, but not really being close with them. And fast forward to as an adult, he's still kind of quiet and shy, but you could tell he was like this nice, confident guy. And I love that he was always close with dogs and he decided he just wanted to have a job working with dogs. Yeah. And the thing that I think whether well, you hit on it, his biggest change is like now he's like this confident guy. Well, he was really shy and quiet. He was always very nice and friendly because and, and we were friendly with each other. But he was on the like le 
he had less self-confidence. Uh, he was more insecure. But, you know, he just seemed... He was beaming, super happy, and super confident. And I think, you know, learning all this self-defense stuff, like this Krav Maga, and then getting into police work, and then um, doing something that he loves, has kind of built up that confidence inside of him. So it's... It was really, it was really good to hear from him. I'm yeah. happy uh, we made it work. Uh, me too. I, I think that maybe we ought to start doing more of these uh, Thursday night episodes. And get <laughs> yeah, together some more. We'll, we'll work around someone. You know, if there's someone that really wants to be on and Sunday night doesn't work for them, let them still reach out if you want to be on, and we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad Jason did. I'm glad we got to talk to him, and I hope everyone is able to get something out of it like we did. Yeah, good. If you want to be on the podcast, uh, you know what to do. Send us an email, jordanhigh 2004 podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know where to listen, Spotify, Apple, and Google. If you leave us a review, we'll, we'll read them on the air. Do you want to read some reviews on the air tonight? Yeah. All right, let's read some reviews. All right, we've gotten three reviews so far. So let's... Uh... <laughs> All right, you want to read our first review, Steve? Yeah, that's uh, Ro Harrison. AKA Romina, AKA <laughs> your sister. Yeah. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying listening every week. They've had fun conversations, and I have loved when the guests and hosts dig deep. Would definitely recommend. I like when we uh, when people get vulnerable. That's my favorite part. When breaking down those walls. Yeah. So I, I agree, Romina. All right, this one is by Hugh Bear, and I think that's. Um, Zach Hewitt <laughs> but it's great memories and love the questions so far I've enjoyed every episode I have thought often about what I would tell my 16 year old self this podcast has allowed me to rethink some of the choices I made and also learn from choices I didn't make keep up the great work Stephen Gonzo we will thanks for the thanks Zach thanks for the review Zach <laughs> alright and then you want to read this last one yes the best podcast for class of 04 beat diggers on the web. Five stars <laughs> by B Dizzle. <laughs> and I think this is uh, is Brady. I, I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I'd put my money on Bishop Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> I love this podcast. It has thrown a window open into lots and lots of wonderful and awkward memories from high school. The hosts, Steve and Gonzo, are funny and friendly. I can't wait for more episodes. Five stars. Five stars. All right. Well, that's uh, those are all our reviews. If you want to want your review heard on the on the podcast, leave us an Apple review. And you know, if your username is a little trickier, then we might not guess who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night, guys, and we'll uh, you'll hear from us next time. Bye.